the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Coming up, there's a lot of controversy surrounding the COVID vaccines. And now the latest stream of stories seem to involve those who've been injured by those vaccines. We'll meet one of those victims when we come back. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Welcome to Sideline Sanity. I've talked a little bit with Dr. Marty McCary and others on this podcast about COVID. I think we have the benefit of hindsight right now about whether masks, shutdowns, school closures, all of that. Were they beneficial? Were they not? But one of the stories that's continuing to emerge now is whether or not these vaccines are responsible for injuries to people who took the vaccines. And I'm pleased to be joined right now by Susanna Newell. Uh, and Susanna, it's it's like a bittersweet thing to be joined by you. I'm happy to have you with us to tell your story, but I'm also really concerned about what's going on. Susanna was a triathlete, um, an active mom, a working professional. When did you get your COVID-19 vaccine, Susanna? Um, the date that I ended up having an issue was with my second shot, which was April 13th, 2021, a date uh, I'll never forget at this point since it's completely changed my life. How has it changed your life? I uh, went from a very active human being working in corporate social responsibility, uh, ironically, and <laughs> I um so I was working full time. I have two teenage kids. I was doing the YWCA triathlon yearly, biking the MS 150, 150 mile bike ride. Um, I went from that to needing a walker, a wheelchair, a cane or walking sticks to go more than a block, basically, as a result of many things that are happening to me. Um, diagnoses, including small fiber polyneuropathy. What that is, is demyelination or disintegration of your small fiber nerves. Um, I also have cardiovagal and adrogenic dysfunction. Cardiovagal is like your, your vagus nerve connects to your heart. So my heart rate fluctuates significantly when I'm doing nothing. It's like I'm exercising. I've seen my, my Fitbit app. It's like I'm exercising for eight hours when really I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you or, or even lying down and my, my heart rate just shoots right up. Um, so that is not 
great long-term. I have supraventricular tachycardia, which is like the pounding of your heart. You can feel your heart pounding and it comes with chest pain as well. That happens on a daily basis. Uh, and then I also have cryoglobulin anemia vasculitis, a long, long word, uh, basically meaning that I have coagulation of my blood, um, especially when it's cold, which makes it difficult to live in Minnesota. Um, and, and that is impacting my veins or my ability to, to move. It also causes easy bruising. I can see and hear what people would shoot back with. How do you know this is a result of your getting the second vaccine? How do you know that this wouldn't have happened without the shot? That maybe you were just genetically prone to these conditions. So what, what tells you in your gut that this is a byproduct of getting the shot? That's a great question. And I think um, we do have a culture of wanting to maybe blame the victim a little mm. bit because it makes it easier to, yeah. to not think that this vaccine that was safe and effective was going to harm anyone. Although we do know that pharmaceuticals harm people. And that's why there's like a long list of adverse side <laughs> effects. On and whenever you see a commercial on TV, if you feel suicidal or if you have bruising or extended, you know, erections, <laughs> whatever it is. Yes. Okay. So Absolutely. yes, you're right. So people are, are not that willing to question the established big pharma, like, oh, they're a big company. They have plenty of money to do their research. They're not going to hurt us. And yet there it are, happens. it happens. Okay. So but my reactions were within 30 hours of getting the second mm -hmm. vaccine. So I didn't notice anything with the first vaccine. So within 30 hours, I woke up. I did not feel well. I felt like I had run like or had done the triathlon maybe four times back to back. So I know extreme fatigue from endurance sports. Right. It was above and beyond that. I had a rash on my forehead that kind of went straight down the middle. It was on my right side of my forehead. I actually still have that rash today and it kind of comes, it waxes and wanes. It also comes down here on my face. Um, it itches. And so that came on immediately as well. And then a huge lymph node on the right side of my neck also um, came on. In addition to dizziness, um, that debilitating fatigue, like I said, joint pain, and, and it stuck with me and got worse and worse, uh, unfortunately. So what did you do first? When you started to notice these symptoms, it must have alarmed you. How did you, did you contact your doctor? What did you do? I was alarmed and I told only my closest friends because I suspected it was from the vaccine since that had been what had just happened. And I didn't personally want anyone to be afraid to get it. Now I, I, I feel, um, concerned about anyone getting the vaccine just in general, although I do believe we can have both the vaccine for those that want it and support the vaccine injured. Um, but I waited two weeks thinking it would get better, but it got progressively worse. I started running into doors actually and bruising all over, like just with like putting a light purse on my shoulder, I'd have bruise marks on my arms. Um, so I waited two weeks. I put hot compresses on. I tried to support my immune system. None of that was really working. And I went to the doctor and that started a series of uh, frequent flyer trips to the doctors, which I do today. And I have many, many specialists. It took about five weeks before I ended up in the hospital, five weeks from the date of my vaccine before I was hospitalized for the first time. 
And I also spent Thanksgiving in the hospital due to heart issues. The first time I met Susanna was at a meeting with a number of vaccine injured. And when I arrived, she was lying on a couch because just sitting there, her heart rate has had skyrocketed to a, a level that it usually takes some bike riding or jogging to get to. And she had just been sitting there and I was, I was, I felt so bad for you, Susanna. I, what have, what has the medical profession told you? Obviously you've been admitted to the hospital. Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident, that was not your fault. Listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. You've been examined by a number of specialists. What's their explanation? Do they have a, a theory as to why you, a very healthy human being, is now dealing with this? I... um I've seen so many specialists and I'm lucky in that maybe I have corporate America training or something, but they do believe me and listen to me and understand this is from the vaccine. My primary care physician sent the paperwork to Pfizer because all of these symptoms came on right away, but they really don't know what to do with me, to be honest with you, for the most part. You know, it's hard to get these tests to come back as positive um, or to know which tests to run, frankly, because I'm connected with other vaccine injured and on the board of react19.org, we, we are injured helping the injured and researching the injured since there isn't research really coming down from the NIH or other governmental institutions at the rate in which it should be since we are almost two years past launching the vaccines. Um, I knew to ask for a small fiber neuropathy skin punch biopsy test. I asked my neurologist in July. It took until December to get him to agree to take the to do the test. Why? Uh, he was not. He said to quote him, he was not convinced. I said I'm, and I'm gentle because I know I'm dealing with egos, and I I, I am a female, so I say hey, I think I might have small fiber neuropathy knowing like I had burning in my legs, like a burning sensation, tingling, odd tingling yeah. everywhere, mostly in my right leg. And I think because I kept saying it was mostly in my right leg, he's like, well, it doesn't present like that. It's always in both legs. So he was not convinced. And I don't know how hard it would have been for him to click the box to submit to do the test. You know, it's my insurance. I'm paying out of my own pocket, which I right. have to pay for everything because there is no financial support if you are vaccine injured as well. Like the government hasn't paid out a single dime within the countermeasures injury compensation program. You have no legal rights to prove your case either, which would be be the case if the COVID vaccines were in the vaccine injury compensation court, but they're not. 
Do but we know I, why they're not, Susanna? Do we know why they're not? Um, because they were emergency use authorization when they Interesting. went out. Mm-hmm. It is. We we are as a part of React19.org working, trying to get our politicians to listen to us to move the COVID vaccine into the vaccine injury compensation courts so that people can have due process. People who are injured can seek a lawyer and ask them to go to vaccine court. That money in vaccine court is supported by taxpayer dollars. It's unfortunate that, you know, pharma isn't having to pay into that in the same way that we, the citizens are. That's a joke. It's that's a joke. joke. I mean, that's, that's one of those, again, I started sideline sanity because of all the insanity I'm seeing. I'm trying to counter it and let people know about it, but that is insane that that the, the big farmer doesn't pay into that. You have spoken to politicians. And by the way, Susanna is just, we had this little impromptu meeting uh, someone wanted me to meet these vaccine injured, and it was just at last minute. And I met three women with three very different stories. Susanna was one of them. It, it, in one little town, in one state of this country, I know now that I've expanded sort of my search for 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 those of you, Susanna, who are claiming these injuries, that there are far more. And, and, and there is this one theory that, well, if we vaccine, if we get everybody 100% vaccination, then, and, and not everybody has the reactions that Susanna had, then how can she possibly blame the vaccine? Cause Michelle didn't get them. This guy didn't get them, you know, but everyone is reacting differently to not only the vaccine, but to the COVID virus itself. So, so you made a connection with Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. How did that come about? I ended up on his panel for the vaccine injured, having connected with Brianne Dressen, who set up the panel at the Senate in November 2nd, 2021. And I met Kim Witsack there. I know she was on your show. She's on the FDA committee for uh, drug safety. So I ended up on that panel and, um, just from having been connected to Brie, I ended up sitting next to or near to injured down to Ernest Ramirez, whose 16 year old son died from the Pfizer vaccine a few days after getting Pfizer. And oddly enough, his vaccine lot number was the same lot number as my second vaccine. So I think when people say, oh, is it Susanna? Like, does she have something genetically in her that maybe is you know, messed up and would have come about. Well, that 16-year-old boy died with the same lot. I'm connected to another woman in Florida with the same lot. I liken it to bad spinach because I think people can understand that. Like when we hear there's an E. coli outbreak and spinach, they take all the spinach off the shelf because two people died, right? And and 20 people got sick. Well, in the case of, of pharmaceutical manufacturing, you can have a bad batch. And, yes. And we That's do- why they assign lot numbers to these, so that they can identify, you know, which lot were you partaking in, so we know it's that lot if we need to remove it or, or contact those people who took from that lot. That's the whole purpose of those numbers, isn't it? Exactly. So I think people can understand that, understand that potentially... You got a bad 
batch. We know that people who got the flu vaccine and got Guillain-Barre, which is yes. like locking up of your systems, like kind of paralysis, um, that happens. And that's why there is vaccine injury compensation court, basically. So hopefully people can understand it's it's a little like Russian roulette and that, you know, you got a bad batch. I do believe there probably are people with underlying health conditions that got exacerbated by this. For example, my neuro-ophthalmologist, I have, a, I have many, many specialists, neuro-ophthalmologists, rheumatologists, cardiologists, vascular specialists. The list goes on. I'm missing a few, but I have a neuro-ophthalmologist because my pupil was like pulsating, like like trying to dilate and stopping. And then my eyeballs kind of moving around when they were looking at it, they asked me if I had brain damage. And I said, no, like if I had ever had a concussion or anything. And at the time I had not, I said, no, I just got the COVID vaccine. But that neuro-ophthalmologist actually had small fiber neuropathy himself before the vaccine. And it was exacerbated, like his symptoms were exacerbated when he got his booster. So he saw me, heard me and was like, I wanted to run his what's called an ECC confocal microscopy test, which looks at your retinas to see about the fibers, the nerve fibers that are then connected to your body. So he said it took him two years to get diagnosed with small fiber neuropathy and he's in the medical community. So we've got this thing and I got, I've got, and many others like me, sudden onset small fiber neuropathy. But what the underlying issue is, because small fiber neuropathy is very associated with with diabetes. And, you know, people who get diabetes, you can cut your foot. You don't realize that you've cut your foot. Right. Well, that happens to me now. Like I can hold I've got superpowers, according to my uh, according to my teenager, like I'll pull stuff out of the microwave. It's burning hot. And now my kids, are, you know, now they're a little more afraid that it's not a superpower, like because I've passed it to them and I. I'm, you know, so you, you can take something hot out of the microwave and not feel that it's hot? I can feel that it's warm, but I don't feel that it's burning hot. So those sensations of really hot and cold, like I stepped on an ice cube, I could feel there was something under me, but not that it was cold. <sighs> Susanna, um, quick break, and then we're going to talk about just where all this is headed, what the group, the, the growth of this universe of people and what's being done. That's right after this. Well, no matter how many people try to calm you down about inflation or tell you that gas prices are going down, have you seen gas prices? Even though they've come down a little bit, they're still horrifyingly high. So we got inflation, we got gas prices, we got a war that is affecting supply chains. We got all of it. The markets are all over the map. It's crazy time crazy town out there. So in the short term, you have to worry about bills. In the long term, you want some investments. And one of the safest and best at this time, and really always, is gold and silver. And for purchasing gold and silver, there's only one company that I really trust, and it's Legacy Precious Metals. You can find them at LegacyPMInvestments.com. You remember 2008? Folks back then who invested in gold saw huge gains. And others in all that chaos lost their retirements. Investing in gold and silver and precious metals is a long-term play because gold protects against a weakening dollar and it's a hedge against inflation. It's a great long-term play. 
So again, let me recommend you to my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. Here's the phone number if you want to give them a call because you can speak directly with an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals. 866-528-1903. 866-528-1903. Or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, those of you that are watching us on YouTube can see that Suzanne is a young, vibrant person. Those of you that are listening should know that, Susanna, how old are you now? I'm 50 now. She's the ripe old age of 50. <laughs> I, 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 you're, you're younger than I am. You're vibrant, but I know that your life has changed dramatically. Like, for instance, you, you talk about you used to be this athlete. This Did you have to stop working your job? Yeah, uh, I am. I started working part-time, but then I was like in and out of the hospital so much. And then they told me I needed to come back full-time and I ended up just going on disability. So it's been a year now. I want to be better. So every two months, whenever they'd recheck me, I'd say, oh, you know, two months, that's all all I need, two months more. And here I am a year later. It's been a year and a half, basically. I can't imagine how frustrated you are. How would you describe what it's like to be living with this, trying to get answers, trying to get treatment, and trying to get attention from people who need to know about this all at the same time? It is very, very, very hard. Uh, I try to hang on to hope with some desperation and try and spread hope within the vaccine injured community. Um, it's I'm in severe pain on a very regular basis. Um, I'd say I range between a, a six and a nine of pain. And on a scale of one to 10. Yeah. On a scale of one to 10. And prior to this, it was a zero. I was fine. You know, unless I did something athletic and then maybe I'd have a day of pain and then recover. Yes. But yeah. And I don't want to be popping pills on a regular basis. I am pretty anti pharmaceuticals at this point. Not completely mm. anti. I do believe like I just did chemotherapy actually um, last week. Uh, I had two rounds of chemotherapy uh, to take down my immune system. And then in my mind, I'm I'm going to only need that once or twice. It was two doses, uh, uh, six to eight hours each time. I had a reaction with the first one. Um, and then once my immune system's taken down all my B cells, hopefully they'll grow back healthy. That's my right. intent. <laughs> and that's right. what I'm hoping for. But it is hard. Uh, we are in an uncomfortable truth. And I think people don't want to see us or hear us because it's uncomfortable, because mm -hmm. the vaccine is safe and effective. And people who took the vaccine and then got injured, it's easier to blame them, say it's on them. There was something wrong with them that this is not going to happen to me. We need right. these vaccines. These vaccines are going to get us out of the pandemic. This vaccine is going to stop what's created, what I like to call a pandemic of trauma for people based on fear. Uh, everybody's been afraid. People are Some people are afraid of getting the shot, right? They're afraid this might happen to them. Some people are afraid of those who aren't getting the shot. So some people have lost their jobs because they didn't get the shot. 
Some people lost loved ones due to COVID, right, which was real and painful. So I think there's just this big pandemic of trauma. And I think that's a better way to say it rather than a pandemic of the unvaccinated, which is completely divisive and makes me, frankly, angry for the man who I happened to vote for president for, President Biden, when he said that, I was like, I thought he was bringing people together. And I thought wrong, frankly. Yeah, yeah it, it, it this it, for a pandemic to become so divisive and so politicized is is alarming at best. And it, it is pit science against um, just rational. It, that, that's the other thing I want to talk to you about, because. This is a medical reaction that you are having and that others are having. And you know that because the community is growing and you're finding more and more of you and you're banding together. Why aren't doctors and scientists more curious about what's going on with you all? I mean, wouldn't you want to, in the field of medicine, in the field of science, understand what might have happened here? That was what I thought when I, you know, drove a couple hours to the Mayo Clinic. I thought that that's what they did. Um, I can't say I got any help there myself, and I know several others who have struggled with the, that particular institution. At the University of Minnesota, I think they're more interested, but they can't get funding. There is no funding. There's plenty of funding for long COVID. When I met with Governor Waltz's health staffers and team, you know, I brought six other injured people with me uh, back on December 22nd, 2021. I um, said that very thing. Why don't you put us, first of all, could you please publicly acknowledge us so that we can get the support that we need? And secondly, can you maybe put us in with the long COVID group? They're getting research. Many of our many of our symptoms mimic it, but it's like if you ask me, it's like long COVID on steroids, like ramped up quite quite a bit. And this sudden onset small fiber neuropathy is they, we talk about myocarditis, we talk about blood clots, but there are neurological things happening to people as well. Well, it's interesting. It's that 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 myocarditis and the the, the the things associated with the heart, it, it seems to be a commonality, not only with long COVID, but with these vaccine injuries. What is next? Y- you've got this group. Remind how people can, can find you and and if they are experiencing this, connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So react19.org. So R-E. React, R-E-A-C-T, the number 19, right? Yep. Dot org. Yep, exactly. So we have a lot of resources there, including we we are on the board. We've got an orthopedic surgeon who's vaccine injured. We've got a nurse practitioner who uh, is a researcher from Cornell University, also injured with a lot of neurological issues. Um, we've got a lawyer there. We've got, I'm on the, from the financial services industry. So we are people who I like to say maybe have, are kind of the lucky ones in that we have a support network. We have a savings account that we're blowing through. Um, so we have the ability to work to advocate for others and to try and connect with and get research um, going. And also we created what's called a react care fund. Um, so if you are vaccine injured, you can submit to try and get up to $10,000 every six months, uh, reimbursed 
for your medical expenses. Since there is no money coming from the CICP program, they haven't paid out a single person at this point, which frankly is criminal, if you ask me. We have people who are committing suicide and who are living in cars. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm not one of those people. I'm also lucky because my doctors aren't deeming me as anxious and writing me off and sending me away with a prescription for Prozac or something. Like I am being heard and being helped, even if sometimes I need to push six months to get a test that I need. But React is there to build the community and to uh, provide advocacy. We have an advocacy team. So if you're suffering from a vaccine injury, you can submit your email and then we connect you with another injured in your area who can tell you maybe what doctors are the better doctors to spend your time at and what tests to ask for. There's a whole list of tests that we recommend that based on your symptoms that you could ask for at a doctor's office. Before I let you go, let me ask you about when you heard that Dr. Fauci was going to step down, you know, there, there was this love affair that many in America had with this man as the face of someone they could trust, as the face of the pandemic, as this, I mean, there were candles made for this guy, like, you know, worship candles. And uh, neighbors of mine have a sign in their yard that says, in Fauci we trust. And it seemed like this blind faith was put into one man. And granted, he's got connections throughout the NIH and the, the FDA and the CDC and all of that, you know, it's not to suggest that he did everything alone, but he became the face of that and throughout it gave contradicting bits of advice. You don't need a mask. You do need a mask. No, just an N95 mask. No, a cloth mask will do. No, actually a cloth mask won't do anything. So it's, I think we've lost so much trust and faith in, in government institutions about this. And yet perhaps it's going to be the legal system that find some compensation for people like you. What what was your reaction when he is said he was going to step down and, and you're sort of feeling in retrospect about how the country responded to him? Great question. I, I'd say as a vaccine injured, I felt immediate relief because I felt like he kept just saying, it felt to me like lies, frankly. However, that being said, if I look at the Susanna the person I was back 17 months ago before this happened to me, I was I was eating it up. I was listening to it. It took this happening to me to understand that mainstream media isn't telling you the full truth. I, I really wish people would maybe dive a little deeper past yeah. the headline. And, and for me, when I met you, we were growing this thing called Team Humanity. That's where I feel like we need to go. And I always wear purple whenever I do an interview on camera because for me, purple is the intersection of red and blue politics. And when I, mm -hmm. the intersection of red and blue, right? In the middle is purple when you overlap those two things. When I first went to Senator Ron Johnson's panel, they were talking about making red shirts. And I thought, well, I'm a Democrat, you know, maybe this isn't really about <laughs> red versus blue, but right. I, I'm officially politically homeless now. I don't care what side of the fence you are, Republican or Democrat. I, I care if you're a human who cares about humans. I care about humanity. I care about people seeing each other's pain, 
I care about a government that supports people who they told to do something, got injured and, and stand with us in the middle. And I think we need to stand with each other in the middle. Like we don't have to agree on everything, but when we see people suffering from, from anything, frankly, but in this case, from the vaccine, I don't know how you can turn turn your eye to that, turn a blind eye to that. I don't either. And that's why I wanted to have you on. And, and this conversation, this topic doesn't end with us saying goodbye here. You and I will stay in touch. I'll talk to other people on this show and, and we'll bring light to this in whatever way we can. I think at least that people know they have a resource they can go to react19.org is one such resource. And this is really interesting timing that all of these stories are starting to come out. Dr. Fauci steps down. We don't know, you know, there's a, there's a revamping at the CDC. I think accountability matters. Moving ahead matters too. But if people like Susanna have been injured and their lives altered forever because they said, yes, I'll take the shot. I'll do my patriotic duty and take the shot and try to keep myself safe and others safe. And then their lives are, are altered in dramatic fashion. There needs to be accountability for that. And uh, look, there have been whistleblowers within the drug companies as well. We'll be talking to a lot of these people. Suzanne, I have such um, admiration for you for hanging in the way you are. I, I can't imagine what you endure physically every day. I just want you to keep the faith and know that there are people who care and are going to help you pursue a measure of justice in all of this and hang in there. People need you and you are someone they can follow. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me and giving me the opportunity to share your platform here to get this message out that's being censored. I really appreciate you, Michelle. Thank you. Let me ask you one quick question I just thought of. Ron Johnson is running for re-election. Are you concerned if he does not get re-elected that, that you won't have that sort of advocate in, in Washington? He is the only person who stood up, especially in the very beginning for us. I think it's starting to turn a little, but he was first in line and took a lot of persecution for that. I as a human being, he should, he deserves more as a result of going against the grain and, and seeing us. Yes, absolutely. I hope he gets reelected. Again, it's about being seen. We're not trying to get political here too much, although we're not afraid of it either. So, but Ron Johnson has been very uh, outspoken and has been an advocate for the vaccine injured. Again, Susanna Newell, and you can go to react19.org. Everyone, thanks for joining me. This is Sideline Sanity. I'm Michelle Tafoya. Be brave, do good, and go to react19.org if you know anyone or you yourself feel you have suffered a vaccine injury. Take care. Well, Sideline Sanity, we are very proud to be sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals, and we're joined by Charles Thorngren, the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. Charles, we are hearing now that this is not transitional inflation. This is not a bump in the road. This inflation is going to be here a while. What, what, does that, what does that tell you? You know, that's the scary thing. Um, I think, you know, economies and, and, and such like that, they can deal with small jars. 
we have a unique situation. We had a Fed that waited much too long to react to the situation, calling inflation transitory for a year when everyone knew it wasn't. But more importantly than that, coming out now saying this is going to be here. This is long term. This is not short term. We're going to have elevated rates for the long term. And, and why that gets really scary is that means the cost of doing business is going to be elevated for years, which means the cost of goods are going to be elevated for years, which means if companies can't make enough money, they will go out of business. This is why we, we hear some of your bigger companies are already talking about layoffs. So it, it's a unique situation. The Fed found themselves in a very bad place and they reacted way too slow. And this is why we're at where we're at. So if I'm an investor, then what's why do I want gold and silver in my portfolio? What what will that do for me? You know, that, that's a great question. And that's a question we get a lot. And and really what gold and silver do, um, they act as the hedge against the dollar weakness. They act as a hedge against the other markets. And we know that the Dow and, and, and all of your markets, all your indices are, are, are pulling back, right? That's not the issue. It's not what's already happened. It's what's yet to come. And that's where we, we need to prepare. So depending on who you listen to and, and the research that you do, you know, there are case studies are saying expect to see another 25, 20 to 25% pullback in your equities markets based on interest rates and loans and, and the bond markets they're suffering as well. No one's going out to buy bonds knowing that they're going to be um, an increased return on them in three months. It makes no sense. So that leaves you in a position of what to do with your money and how to protect yourself. This is where gold and silver come in. This is why we say this is a long-term play. You buy it, you forget about it, let it do its, its job. And its job is to go up over time as the dollar gets weaker, as the purchasing power gets less, gold and silver increase. It protects that purchasing power. That's the great thing about it. And there's your bottom line and why you need to call Legacy Precious Metals or go download their investor's guide at LegacyPreciousMetals.com. Charles, it's always good to talk to you because these are nerve-wracking times for people. You know, it, it's just the fact of the matter is, as we were told by the, the Fed chair, there's going to be some pain. So if people know that they've got something solid sitting in their investment portfolio, I think they're going to feel a little bit better, right? Absolutely. And, and we, you know, when we look at the actions that have happened just recently, I mean, the Fed has taken a very unique stance and they've done something very um, extraordinary. Three quarters of a basis points raises months in a row. That's one of the largest raises you've ever seen in the Fed through the history of the Fed. And it's not just once. One time is shocking. Here we are on the third month now, and we'll probably do another half a, half a basis point next month or, or later this month, possibly even three quarters of a point. So when you look at that and you say that number is going to grow to where the Fed interest rates will be about 5%, unheard of. That means the interest rate to you and I, if that's what banks pay to borrow money, we're going to see, you know, credit cards will probably be over 28, 30% again. You're going to see home loans coming in nine, 10, possibly even 11%. And it's, it's a scary time. And this is why we say, okay, 
know this coming. Don't be afraid. You, you now are aware. So now you can protect yourself. And that's what we help people do. Don't be afraid. Prepare. Just prepare yourself. And like I say every day, I trust Legacy Precious Metals when it comes to investing in gold and silver. So go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Charles and his group can answer any and all of your questions. Charles, thank you so much. My pleasure as always. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.